Hey friend, welcome to Living in the Light. Each week, I will sit down with a friend who is an artist or creative as they share their story of how Jesus brought them from the dark and into His glorious and powerful light. At the end of each episode, I'll be diving into a passage of scripture and bringing you truth straight from the Word of God. This is a space for you to be encouraged and to remember that you matter and that with God, even the messy parts of your story have incredible purpose and meaning. I'm here to bring real life to light. Hey friends, welcome back to Living in the Light with Laura Lee. I'm Laura Lee, and today on the podcast, you're going to hear from my dear friend and fellow performing artist, Emma Vandeveld. Emma is a Chicago-based actress and writer. She received a degree in musical theater from Coastal Carolina University in May of 2019. Some of Emma's favorite musical theater credits include Steel Pier, West Side Story, Mamma Mia, Newsies, and The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Emma's favorite non-theater moments are Morning Times, Sketch Comedy, and Her House Church in Chicago. Emma and I met through her podcast, actually, called Narrow Way to Broadway, which aims to document many artists' journeys while navigating the world of the arts. We connected as sisters in Christ, and we've been friends ever since. She's been a leader in my online Bible study community, and I've just been deeply encouraged by her and her faith. In today's episode, Emma tells her story of coming to know and love God and His Word, how she's experienced the light of Jesus Christ in her own life. She shares how the Lord has brought together her love for creating and her love for Jesus and the way those two loves have intersected in her journey being wooed by him, as she says. We spend time talking about John chapter 15 and the sweet gift of getting to abide in Jesus and delighting in him through the study of his word. Now here's my conversation with the wonderful Emma. Well, Emma, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Emma, well, I usually end every episode with the lightning loves, but we're going to start there. Uh, We're going to learn about you. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. I'm ready. Uh, Okay. Um, So first, a Broadway cast album that you love. I, okay, I love, these are two totally different vibes, but I love Legally Blonde Musical and Miss Saigon. Okay, I love those. Those are yes. great. Um, mm-hmm. A restaurant in Chicago you love? Um, there's this Mediterranean place uh, like near downtown called Abba. Um, they mm. have like whipped feta. Oh my gosh, oh, so good. I love Greek food. Oh yeah. Love it, love it. Um, a smell that you love? Oh, okay. So there's this candle. I guess it's not a candle. It's like just a general scent from Bath and Body Works that my mom like always gets during Christmas time. So it of course like heavily Mm. reminds me of that, but it's the scent called winter. (laughs) Oh, I love that one. I actually know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. Uh, That's a good one. Um, An item from Trader Joe's that you love. Uh, I love TJ's. Okay. My, I would say like a sweet and savory moment. I love gummies, like gummy candy. So there's this thing that they have called the Scandinavian Scandinavian swimmers. swimmers. Come on. (laughs) It's so good. They have, and I like the ones with like the sugar on it, like the sour ones. Oh yes. Yes. So those mm. are so good. Yes. Um, And then like savory option. There's the, the like everything, but the bagel dip. It's like a Greek yogurt dip. Oh, I've never had that. I love the everything but the bagel seasoning, but I'm going to have to try Mm. the dip. Yeah, try the dip. Um, Your love language. Um, Words of affirmation and physical touch are like my tied love languages. Mm, Those are good ones. I'm words Mm -hmm. of affirmation too. Mm -hmm. Um, A date night that you love. Ooh, I love this question. Fun. So I am, oh gosh, this is, this is sad. Cause I am just not a very good cook, like at all. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm more like of an efficiency, like throw it in the crock pot kind of gal. So if I'm on a date night and somebody like cooks for me, I am like swooning. Mm, that's, mm-hmm. that's anything's like specific that they would be cooking. Um, 
recently, actually, I had a date night where it was like Sam, it was like teriyaki salmon and this like arugula spinach salad. Mm, That sounds scrumptious. Yeah. Yeah. I think. And usually I think the guys are going to be like, oh, let me cook you dinner, like chicken and like a freaking sweet potato. And I was, it was so good. I was like, this is fancy. Oh, yummy. Okay. And then we're going to end with something you love about Jesus. Oh, wow. Um, there's so much I love about Jesus. He is truly like my best friend. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that that's something I love about Jesus is that he like epitomizes what it means to be our friend. Yeah. Um, I'm learning that a lot right now too. Wow. That's Mm -hmm. a good one. Yeah. Oh, friend Jesus. That's just the perfect way to introduce us to this episode, honestly. Yeah. Is walking with Jesus as our Mm -hmm. friend. Yeah. Abiding in him. Mm -hmm. Well, listeners, this is Emma, my sweet friend, Emma. And I have been so excited to share her with you guys today. Um, Emma and I met, we met in the fall, right? Last summer? Was it last summer? I think it was, no, I think it Mm, no, I think it was last summer. Yeah. Last summer, um, through the podcasting, right? Yep. We both, podcasting world. yeah, we're starting, um, new podcasts. She has a podcast called narrow way to Broadway. And she's going to tell you guys a little bit more about that and her journey to starting and creating that. But she is also a musical theater performer and she loves Jesus a lot. And she actually was a leader in my Bible study community And we got to spend a whole month studying John 15 and talking about and learning about abiding with Jesus. So um, I thought it was only perfect for us to bring this to light today and to talk about, um, yeah, getting to abide and walk with Jesus. So Emma, welcome. You can introduce yourself a little bit more so that the listeners can learn about you. Yeah. Yeah. This is so fun to be on the, like, not even the other side of it. Cause I think, you know, we're both kind of like, this is more of a discussion, like narrow way to Broadway's way. Like I would say adheres to more of like a true interview style moment, but um, it's so fun to like get to be having just a conversation that's recorded. And I have like no idea, like, I know what we're going to talk about, but this is a little right. bit different. Cause usually I have like an outline that I made in front of me. So this is so yeah. fun. Um, yeah. Just like hello to all of Laura Lee's listeners. Um, Mm. you have such a gift here. Uh, but yeah, Laura Lee and I met through the podcasting world. Um, I grew up, uh, like halfway in the Midwest. So I, I spent like 10 years in Minneapolis and then Mm. moved to Charlotte. Um, so kind of like a mixed bag of accents for sure, depending on who I hang out with. Um, but also just kind of (laughs) like growing up experience, but um, I went to Coastal Carolina University for musical theater, uh, Sean's mm. Up. Um, uh, yeah, and then I moved to Chicago. So like just a huge, I mean, part of like my journey and my story walking with the Lord has to do with pursuing a musical theater major um, and also just being in the world of musical theater. I think, I mean, and we'll get into this so soon, but I always kind of felt like I was uh, towing towing this line between like, I was always really involved at church and then I was always really involved in musical theater. And for some reason in my mind, like I, I think, I don't know if like this was just purely the enemy or if this was kind of like a cultural thing that people like adopted, but it was that you, you weren't really supposed to be or could be fully immersed in both of those communities. Um, And so, yeah, that's just a huge, I mean, a huge part of my story is being in both this theater world and in the church world and how they intersect. And that's actually the beautiful part about um, kind of, you know, the podcasting world and why Narrow Way to Broadway kind of came to be was that Coastal actually, and thank God, like had this amazing Christian presence. Um, I, I don't really know how it happened, but it was just the grace of God that there was just a, there were a lot of musical theater people, a lot of actors, a lot of um, creatives who were in the theater program. And so it was this really beautiful kind of iron sharpening iron creatively and spiritually that got to happen. Um, And I met some of my 
my dearest friends who now Laura Lee gets to know some of them through the Bible study. And um, that's how I met um, Philip, who is the co-host of Narrowway to Broadway. Um, that's how kind mm. of the idea was birthed. Um, yeah, but that's kind of who I am. I, I mean, there's so, I'm sure there's so much more. You learned so much from me from the lightning loves, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's really who I am. It's kind of this Jesus and you know, up till now, like getting to share him and experience him through the vessel of theater. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So good. Um, well, Emma, how did your story with Jesus begin? Um, it's obviously the center of who you are and what you do and what you love to do. And um, yeah. How did, how did he first capture your heart? Yeah. Um, so something that's really cool that I feel like is a little bit unique to to my story is that I was sort of getting to know Jesus simultaneously with my parents, actually. Um, both of them, I like got to see them get baptized and like dedicate their lives to the Lord in in church when I was in mm. like sixth grade. Um, and they, you know, they had had really good community when we were in Minnesota and like people who had kind of introduced them to this, this personal relationship with the Lord. They had, they had grown up, um, in a more like works-based spiritual moment that didn't like emphasize the spirit or the personal relationship with Jesus. And so um, when we, when they had really good community, they were growing. And so then when we moved to Charlotte and we joined um, a church and I got to see them get baptized, I think that my, my faith journey began by actually getting to see my parents grow and be sanctified and get to know the Lord. Wow. Um, yeah, which was so cool because they had known God, but it wasn't like I was just stuck. It wasn't like I was like born in the church and like yeah. was, you know, baptized at the same church where I went my whole life. And, you know, the name of, I always felt, and this is sort, sort of interesting, is like, I always felt kind of like Jesus at the beginning was like a mutual friend. Like it was a part of the culture, mm -hmm. like other people that I knew knew him, but I didn't really know him. And so I think that my my story with Jesus began by seeing, I mean, I will never forget like being like, sitting in the auditorium and it being a moment where there was like an opportunity for spontaneous baptisms and just seeing both of my parents just like walk down the aisle and go get baptized. And I just remember wow. weeping. And being like, why do I feel so moved by this? And and I'm so like, you know, I'm so excited to see what this even means. Um, so yeah, so I think that that's kind of where my story began. And then it was cool too, because our church in Minnesota um, had a really good like th kids theater program. Um, what? And I know it was the craziest that's thing. So I cool. Yeah, I was in like Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat and this show called Sunseekers Nation Vacation. It was just like so oh sweet. But I remember, I think as a young person, I remember enjoying having kind of a sense of responsibility and like art in a weird way that I could own that was a part of the church of like, yeah. I get to be a part of something and I get to like, I get to create something. Um or a part of creating something, which felt really cool. So that's kind of how it all started for me. Mm. Yeah. Talk about seeing the Lord take the light of Jesus, take something from the dark and into his glorious and powerful light. Um, yeah. Witnessing your parents, that was, must've been um, such a big time of growth for you. Yeah. It was so cool. And, and even now still, I think I've learned so much about like from my parents because of just this posture of humility that they've been able to demonstrate because they didn't, they didn't just like grow up in it either. So it wasn't like the expectation was never to like blindly or without question or, or, um, or seeking just accept like the faith moment. It was like, we we're constantly learning. We're constantly asking questions. We're, we're learning about new worship music together. And we're, it wasn't just like part of the fabric of our lives until we chose it, which was cool. Yeah. 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 So Emma, for you personally, how have you experienced him take you from the dark and into his glorious and powerful light? Um, and even what has that meant to you in this current season of life? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that one thing 
that has been a pretty consistent part of my faith journey just because of, you know, the way God made me is like, I often, I often am fed the lie that faith and mm -hmm, what am I trying to say here? I think that there's this lie also in culture that like faith and science are like at odds with one another and that they are like mutually exclusive things. And so growing up as a a pretty intellectual person, someone who really wanted to know why things were the way they were, I think I was in the dark because I was just always, I was like perpetually confused. I, mm -hmm. Like I would read the stories about the Bible and like when you're, when you're, you know, four and you hear the story of Lazarus or you hear, hear the story of like the demon possessed girl being raised from the dead or not raised from the dead, but like being exercised, whatever. Yeah. You are like, wait, what happened? You know, like you're telling me that this man claims to have been from the dead. And so I think my like, not sciencey brain. I don't have a sciencey brain, but I think my logical brain or my mm -hmm. brain that wants to know everything and know why things are the way they are. It was really hard for me to justify believing in this faith and really like stepping into faith as faith. Um, and I, it always makes me think of the verse that is just like marked my time with Jesus so heavily is like, I don't even know where it is in scripture. I think it may be in, is in first Corinthians or second Corinthians, but it says like, um, it's like listing all these things and it's like pressed, but not crushed, persecuted, but not abandoned. And then it, and then it like keeps talking. And then it says perplexed, but not driven into despair. Mm. And so I think that my faith journey in the dark is when I choose or when I find myself caught in like being perplexed or or choosing not to ask for God's like wisdom or knowledge. Um, so in my, I mean, in my current season, what has been so cool and how God has just like, like wooed me truly is through his word. Um, at the beginning of 2020, I just like felt really convicted by the fact that I claimed to base my life on scripture, but I actually don't, I don't think that I had read the Bible in its entirety mm. and at least not all the way through. And so I, at the beginning of 2020, I was like, I'm going to read this as long as it takes for me to read it and know what I'm talking about and know what I'm reading, I'm going to do it. And so I'm still reading, um, wow. you know, a, a year and three months later, and it's been every day since then, but I just, I didn't want to like read it just to read it or have like yeah. a, a plan necessarily. Cause my achiever brain would be like, okay, I got it done for the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there will be days when I don't even get through a whole chapter of it. Cause I'm like, this is so dense. And I, and I don't want to leave more confused than when I got here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So kind of what that has meant for me is just like this beautiful romance that God has like mm. invited me into with, with scripture. Um, and I am just like blown away by, Oh, what God has been able to teach me and like sanctify me through this. I think I'm just learning so much. So anyways, whoa, I don't even remember what the question was. Oh, taking, yeah, dark I into light. So I yeah. Continue, you can continue. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, um, that's it. Wow, 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 wow. I just, I, oh my gosh, God's word is so good. And yeah. I just, I can't tell you how much I resonate with what you're saying about being wooed to him and- yeah. Um, falling in love with him and his character through getting to know him and his word. Yeah. It's just, it's impossible to mm -hmm. do life without his word because yeah. it's our, yeah, it's, it's yeah. the source. Um, right. Which I think is, is pretty amazing that, I don't know, that goes hand in hand with abiding in him. Yeah. As he, he literally preserved over thousands of years, like, his words so that we would have it. And Colleen yeah. and I talk about this all the time. I'm like, wow, pretty amazing that um, we live on the side of having God's word. I mean, yeah, just for so many years, you know, they didn't have um, the fullness of what right. we have through his word. He communicated with them in different ways, but um, it's just amazing. Yes. Uh, so thank you for sharing that. Yeah. At the end of every podcast episode, the listeners know I feel passionately about um, opening up God's word and walking 
through a passage of scripture with them. And in today's episode afterwards, I'm actually talking about, um, you know, the study method we used in our study on John 15 of like observation, interpretation, Mm -hmm. application. And it seems like, I don't know, it, it can, it can feel like, oh, I'm like picking this apart and digging into the scripture, like a book in English class in high school, but it's, right. it's not, we, we do that so that we can excavate and just continue to learn and grow and know God more through it. Yeah. Like it's all about the pursuit of God. So, um, we could have a whole episode, him and I could about uh, scripture, um, right. but yeah. When yeah. I read the Bible all the way through, um, I was like, why have I never, never done, done this? Before? Like, yeah. It's, yep. So good. Yeah. It's so good. So good. Well, Emma, I wanted to spend some time just camping out in John 15 today with you um, because I believe this is a really essential part of our faith is abiding in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's start off. Would you just read this passage of scripture? Yeah. For for us. Um, If you're listening and you have a Bible nearby, uh, open it up to John 15 and we're going to read verses one through 17. Yeah. Pulling my Bible in front of my mic. Okay. Uh, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, He it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love." If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as Mm -hmm. I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that Mm. your joy may be full. I love that. Uh, This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Mm -hmm. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. These things Mm. I command you, so that you will love one another. Mm. Ugh, it's straight fire. It's so good. Yeah. So this is one of Jesus's final teachings to his disciples during his final days on earth before he embarked on his journey to the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that he could have taught on anything, mm-hmm. reminded them of anything, and he chose abiding and remaining in him to be one of the final words he gave to his disciples. Um, why do you think that is, Emma? I mean, I think... Probably one of the reasons is because the disciples, I mean, this, the disciples had just like done this like three year long ministry with Jesus, like alongside him. And I think that as he's getting ready to leave, like I remember I read in, in Matthew this morning, like Peter, when when Jesus is like, I am, I, this is a, going to happen to me. I'm going to be crucified and I'm going to like raise from the dead. Peter was like, no, like that's not happening. And I think that these disciples, the disciples have such like a deep, deep attachment to the person of Jesus that I think that he was, this was kind of a weird concept for them probably of like, I need to ask you to stay with me, abide in me, even though I'm getting ready to leave. Um, yeah. Which is crazy. I mean, I think that him, even saying this is probably like, what? Um, but I think that he says this because 
like you can abide, you, you can stay. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, and he knew, he knew that he was going to give them away, that the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit would be in them and that, you know, he could see the big picture, which, you know, is very applicable to our lives too. Of Like he knew, yeah. I just think about the disciples remembering all the things that Jesus said. And they're like, oh, he said that. And he said that. And he yeah. said that. And then like connecting all the dots and how often in our yeah. own lives is it like, wow, I'm having faith in what I don't understand and what I don't see, but he said that and he said that and I have to trust that like he knows the big picture. Mm. Um, Yeah. But yeah, abiding being one of the things that he left them with. um, It must be important to us in our journey with Jesus because he told his disciples that like, apart from me, you can do nothing. Yeah. Wow. Um, I remember you, Emma, sharing, I I don't know why I remember this so clearly, but I remember you talking about the meaning of the word abide um, Uh, on one of the Saturdays that we were doing this study. Yeah. You remember what it means? Yeah. So I'm like such a geek when it comes to like looking up the words for things on Blue Letter Bible, the Blue Letter Bible app. Oh, Um, we love it. We love it. Um, But abide, it's like the Greek word meno, which means... Mm. Yeah, to remain, to be held, kept continually. Um, and to mm-hmm. it says like to continue to be those things. And I I loved it because it's actually used over 120 times in the New Testament. And one of the like roots that it it also like pairs off to is abide, which is where we get the word like abode. And it means to make your home in me. Mm. Ugh. And I just Think about that. Like, think about what, I just think about what, what makes my home feel like a home or what makes, what makes someone feel at home. Mm -hmm. And I just think that like, wow, like I can sit around all day and like drink the coffee that I make with my quiet time or light the candle that I like to smell while I'm, you know, spending time with the Lord. But like truly to be at home is to just be with God and just like remain in, in his son, Jesus. And I think that that is, um, that is something that is like really captured me. Um, kind of like you asked earlier. So yeah, abide to make your home in me. Like how beautiful is that? Yeah. And like you said, it it's not exclusive to some perfect little picturesque quiet time, mm-hmm. having your coffee in hand and mm-hmm. your journaling pins out, which I'm totally a fan of, but yeah. like him making his home in us mm-hmm. is everywhere all the time. Yeah. Like God with us, which is an absolute miracle. Yeah. And it's thanks to Jesus's death on the cross because if him doing that bridged the gap and allowed us to be able to have him with us and in us all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's yeah. a miracle. Yeah. It reminds uh, me of that. Do you know that song? Um, I think it's a Maverick City song. I think it's communion when they're like. Uh, I love Maverick City. Okay. Do you know that song? So at first I thought that the lyrics, you know, that there's like the bridge kind of part that it's like, this is where I'm meant to be me and you and you and me. It's okay. I didn't know. I thought it was me. Yeah. It's so, it's so. Me and you and you and me. Yeah. I didn't know at first when I like had first listened to that song and I'm like walking around bopping, singing it before we sing it at church. I thought it was me and you and you and me, but it's me in you and (gasps) you in me. Oh my gosh. I thought it said me and you too. Right. Which I'm like, first I'm like, dang, I gotta listen better. You and me. In me. And that's what it's that. That's what this is. It's like, I know me too. Me too. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah. This is where I'm meant to be me in you and you in me. And that's literally (sighs) Matthew. It's, or it's literally John 15 abide in me and I in you. Wow. You know, and that's so like, gosh, for me to feel at home with Jesus, like in Jesus and for him to feel at home in me, like him making his home, you know, us being a temple for the Holy spirit, like that, that's the sauce. 
That's a sauce, you know, like that's, that's so beautiful. So just want to share that. That's actually something Chloe, our, our other mutual friend pointed out. She was like, I thought that these lyrics were me and you and you and me, and it's me and you and you and me. Wow. So cool. Um, so why is this so challenging for us today in the world we live in? Like practically, you know, like it yeah. is, it is the, the most, it's so simple. Yeah. But it's so hard mm-hmm. to just I, say. Yeah. To just stay. I mean, I think, hmm, I think it is hard and it is challenging. And this is truly me preaching to myself, like in every way. (laughs) Literally. Is that (laughs) I think that I think that I can do the least and like achieve this. That I can, it's just like, I think like we've been talking about, like we talked about earlier with, you know, what we love about Jesus is here's our friend. And even in this passage, him saying like, you are my friends. If you do what I command you is that if you're pursuing a friend, if you want to like get to know somebody and really love them and know them, you have to spend time with them. And I think that I Sometimes my temptation in pursuing Jesus is all like huff and puff and be like, why am I not hearing you, God? Why, why, why don't I know what you're doing in my life? I feel like I don't know you. And then I like have to step back and I'm like, I, I don't know you because I don't know if I'm spending time with you. Like I am not, it's pursuit. And I think that that's, I mean, I think that that's a mindset. And then I think tangibly and practically it's like, you can't know anybody or know anything if if you don't have like if you don't make time i'm not even going to say you i'm going to say me if i don't s- consistently spend time in the word which is mm-hmm. god's autobiography or biography which one is the one that they wrote themselves um then how can i expect to know him you know yeah. and i think that that's really that's why it's challenging is that there are so many other things. And I think this is like, this could feel like a cop-out answer of like immediate gratification or like social media. But it's like when there are so many other things that are just desperately vying like for our attention, like the, the hardest thing that God could ask us to do is be like, stay. Yeah. You know, I told someone the other day that like, Sometimes I feel like my relationship with God is me as like a little puppy, like across the room and someone on the other end of the room with like a treat and me learning how to like sit still without like running towards like grasping every other thing and like all these other things. Like I'm so excited. And me wow. just learning how to sit and stay. <laughs> that is, that's such a good image for abiding. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard wow. though. It's hard because it requires discipline and it doesn't, it doesn't always feel like there is any immediate, you know, yeah, gratification there. So I think that's why it's hard. Jen Wilkin, one of my favorite Bible teachers, she talks about, um, I think she calls it a storeroom or a storehouse of Mm -hmm. how like every time we read God's word and gain knowledge of who he is, um, who the people of God are Mm -hmm. through the Holy word of God, you're like creating like a storeroom so that when life does hit, when things are swirling around you, you have all of this knowledge that you've learned through God's yeah. word that reminds you of the character of God that um, brings to light truth. So yeah, I love that. That's, that's really good. Um, when you were talking about just like how there's constantly something trying to get our attention, uh, there's, there's this Francis Chan sermon where I'm going to link it in the show description so that someone goes and watches it. Um, But he puts this hat on and he has like all of these things around the hat that are like dangling. (laughs) And he uses it as this um, analogy of like, when we wake up in the morning, it's like the enemy wants nothing more, just like dangle a thousand distractions in Mm -hmm. front of us. Mm -hmm. And there's just so many things to look at that you don't even really know what even to what even angle he's going to come at because your mind is just, you know, swirling in so many different things. But um, it just reminded me of like the doggy in the tree of just remaining and choosing to say like, Nope, this is like, this takes spiritual focus. Like it, it really does. 
Yeah. Um, So Emma, what does this practically look like for you every day? Obviously it looks so different (laughs) um, depending on the season you're in and like, right. I don't know. I think it's just helpful. At least it's, it's always helpful for me when people like kind of describe like, what does it look like to open God's word to like, to, you know, pursue the Lord day in, day out. Yeah. abide with him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. What does it practically look like for you? Yeah. Um, I, I this think this isn't I, a trick question. I know. I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, no. So pra- I mean, practically I, I really do. I love mornings. I think that that's something that God has, that is such a gift because I know some people despise mornings, but I love the morning and I, get up in the morning and I open actually the first thing I do in the morning. And I've, this has been a practice that I've pretty much implemented since my sophomore year of high school. I've had this gratitude journal. I read a thousand gifts. Is it a thousand gifts or 10,000 gifts? Oh, is that Ann Voskamp? Ann Voskamp. Yeah. I read that and it genuinely changed my life. So when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do before opening scripture is I, I just kind of express gratitude written down. And that could be one thing from the day before. It could be 10 things. But I think that that really puts me in a posture to read the word like humbly because there's always something to be grateful for. And that's, I am not saying that lightly. I really do think that even if it's that you have socks on your feet, like there's always something to praise God for. Amen. Um, so yeah, so that that's what, that's kind of how I started. And then recently, yeah, I have been, I have been just reading through scripture straight through, which can be kind of scary and intimidating, but it's also been really, really sweet. And I usually kind of couple and research alongside the Blue Letter Bible app and the Bible Project videos. Um, Mm. I love them and I've learned so much. I mean, it's kind of been like a season. It reminds me of what um, kind of the story you told Laura Lee during the Bible study when you said that God told you to put your books away, where you were like, Oh he was like, gosh. be with me and just, and there are so many great resources out there that I absolutely love. I'm like all, I'm a bookworm. I love reading. I love reading what God is doing in the lives of other people that I look up to. But I think that it has been really sweet for me to just sit and spend time with the Lord and his, like in his word, just unfiltered. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of what it looks like practically for me right now. Also, I think that you can abide in community. Um and that's another huge blessing. I know that we're in like a time where things are kind of just starting to open up and people feel comfortable kind of seeing people again. But I think that something really beautiful is to be with the Lord, like with other people. I know in scripture, it says like where two or more gathered, he will be in our midst. And I think that mm. that's so cool to like abide with the Lord, with others who love the Lord. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what it looks like for me right now. Well, yeah. Will you share a little bit about um, just like what church looks like for you right now? Because I think it's just a beautiful picture of abiding in community and Mm. also how the body of Christ is just on the move in this season. Yeah. So since July, um, I had a bunch of friends move to Chicago, which was a huge blessing. Um, But none of us, none of them knew each other. They all just knew me. So it was kind of, I was like, well, this is your community now. You all have to love each other. Um, But they do love each other. We all love each other. But we do a a house church um, on Sundays. Our good friends, um, Chloe and Merck, host every Sunday and they lead worship. Um, There's And there's only eight of us that come. Mm. And it's been consistent. I mean, we've done it every week since July and we watch the Bridgetown church, which is in Portland sermon, which is John Mark Comer's church. Um, and we just kind of discuss and we worship with one another and we pray for one another and we talk about like what God is doing. And I think it's a really cool picture of what it looks like to exist in what like used to be the church, like even the church in acts that like literally house churches that, you know, are Peter's establishing. Um, that's what that looks like or what churches in other countries look like of like underground churches in China. Like it's, it's obviously not the same thing, but it's so intimate. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's been a huge, huge blessing. And I am so grateful to my friends for hosting it and for like using their gifts to really serve their community. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what church looks like for me. It's freaking dope. That's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So back to John 15. Yeah, here we are. Um, John 15 verses one and two say, 
I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that I will be, it will be even more fruitful. Mm. Um, pruning. What a year of pruning. What a year I've experienced. I don't yeah. know about you. Um, yeah. So I guess I, I feel like, I'm so sorry. I'm asking you this question without laying out all my dirty laundry of no, I love it pruning this year. But um, I will say that I've definitely been through a season of that. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you experienced Emma pruning in your life um, and walked the Lord this past year? What have you learned about pruning? What is yeah. pruning? Someone has never even heard that word. <sighs> yeah, pruning. I mean, yeah, pruning just like in. Like horticulturally, oh, is, horticulturally. I know. I wow. I'm shocked that I actually pronounced that word. You I actually really don't even know if that's a word. Is Beth it more? Beth Moore would be so proud. I think wow, she, she's proud of us right now. I hope. Hopefully, she'll listen. Yeah. So, just in terms of like gardening, pruning is like the process of cutting off, like from a vine what is like not working or what is working just so that it can like bear more fruit. Mm-hmm. It, it really does explain it in this passage, which is kind of cool. Um, but it's a painful process. Like if you've seen, if you've ever seen pruning shears, like look them up, they are huge and they are scary. Um, so I think that like spiritually, what I find to be really kind of beautiful is that it says that the branches that don't bear fruit at all are the one are the ones that he cuts off. And then the ones that do bear fruit are the ones that he prunes. So it's really just this beautiful act of care that like Jesus has for us, but it's really, I mean, it can be really painful. So I think that some of the ways that like um, the Lord has pruned me in this year is I have had to reluctantly surrender what I want my life to look like in just about every category, um, I've realized that I really idolize, and this is like sneaky of the enemy and really petty, honestly, but the I really struggle with um, trying to predict, trying to predict what God is going to do, basically. I, I try to like learn the lessons before actually learn them just by predicting what they're going to be. It's very like twisted. Wow. Um, yeah. So I'll be like, oh, okay, this, this, I can I see this I happening. This too. Yeah. I think it's like a, it's like a defense mechanism. Yeah. I think it's like a coping thing. Yeah. Cause then we're like, oh, well, if God just, if, if I can know what he's going to teach me and just let him know that I know it, maybe Prepare he won't have to prove me. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm like, this is so trippy. It's like inception. Um, <laughs> but, I think that I've, I have realized and I have like been really humbled because I think there's a lot that God has been like, Emma, you think, you think, you know what I'm doing and that's, that's fine. But I have something so, so much better for you. Um, but, but a lot of the time that requires me like really open-handedly or not even open-handedly, really closed-handedly having things pried away from me that I really wanted. Um, And whether that's in like vocationally or relationally or um, with, you know, honestly, it just like, it goes with any category. And I feel like that's what the Lord has been teaching me through this year is that. And in, in that, because he's pruning me, I'm realizing, and I think what's beautiful about it is that I'm realizing that, those things are just way safer in the Lord's hands than they are in mine. Mm. Um, That even if he didn't take them away from me, I am fully capable and probably would have ruined it Um, because I'm sinful. Um, So yeah, I think that that's the way that like the Lord has been putting me is just by taking what I plan or taking what I desire Um, or idolize, even if it's not bad and just being like, Hey, this is something that's going to need to be pruned because you're not like fully, you're not fully like giving it to me. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's been really rough. Mm. Him just like sitting up there. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know God. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but then he just meets us with such tender care and gentleness when we do have no choice but to just lay it at his feet and we're like, well, this is me bare naked. Yeah. And 
It's seriously so true. And you want to come fill me up. Hey guys, it's Laura Lee. Many of you have heard me talk about this online Bible study community that was birthed out of the pandemic. Well, it has evolved and it is growing and we have a new name and it's called Rise Collective Women. Rise Collective Women is about multiplying disciples of Jesus who are united in Christ, rooted in God's word and rising up for the glory of God. For only $4.99 a month, you can join me and our community at Rise Collective Women Online, and you'll get access to our online home where we connect daily to share scriptures and encourage one another in the faith. And it's also where you will find our community Bible studies. Rise Collective Women is a place to connect and to grow together with other women who are also following Jesus and excited to see him move in the lives of women everywhere. All women are welcome to join us. When you join as a member, you'll also receive your very own subscription to Right Now Media, the world's largest on-demand Bible study video resource library. We just recently started a new study on the book of Numbers by Lauren Chandler called With Us in the Wilderness. You can visit the link in the show description, community.risecollectivewomen.com, to join the sisterhood today. You can also follow us on Instagram, at Rise Collective Women. Now back to my conversation with Emma. Jesus says that remaining in his love is keeping his commands. How has learning and applying the word of God been an active part of your life and journey learning to abide? Mm -hmm. Um, I think sometimes the commands of God don't always seem loving, Mm -hmm. but we know that everything he asks of us is out of his love for us. And like this passage says, um, it leads to his joy being in us and our joy being complete. Like we, we know that's in his kindness and love for us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, That's so good. I think, wow. Like (laughs) this is so cool because God's word is so, it is so applicable to everything that we have been talking about in John 15, but also it's like, you can flip back to the old Testament. Like this is literally what I read today in my reading. It's talking about like, So I'm in Ezekiel right now. And the prophet Ezekiel is basically warning um, the people of Jerusalem and Judah to like be, to like warning them against false prophets, warning them that like this Babylonian attack is coming. And at the very beginning of the book, God is like, hey, Ezekiel, I need you to do this for me. I need you to like speak truth for me. And I need you to know up front that no one is going to listen to you. Like literally no one is going to listen to you. I'm going to make you like lay naked in the streets with like your limbs tied. I'm going to make you do all these things that are going to be representative. Like what is going to happen? I know it's crazy. And he's like, but also no one's going to listen to you. But it's crazy because in um, Ezekiel, what is it that I read this morning? Okay. Yeah. In Ezekiel 13, it's talking about these false prophets. And it says that um, those who, it says, son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel who are prophesying and say to those who prophesy from their own hearts, hear the word of the Lord. And then it says, foolish prophets follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. And then, oh my goodness. And I was like, wow, in terms of like God's commands, I so desperately want to be able to trust like my own spirit, not the Holy spirit, like my own Emma spirit and my own heart, and not the heart that God is like sanctifying. Yeah. And there are so many things that scripture like commands of us and asks us to like uphold that feel really unnatural and really icky. Um, Cause we don't get them. I don't think, I think that one of like the most freeing things that I ever like resolved to believe was that my flesh is not good I think that that's one of the main reasons why like people are confused about faith is because we believe that like what we desire innately determines what is right morally, Mm -hmm. which is the, it's the opposite. Like we are, we are so sinful. We are born sinful. Um, And so I think that like keeping God's commands as an act of obedience and an act of love and not because we understand that kind of goes back to me being perplexed, but not driven to despair is like, that's so beautiful and so freeing. Um, mm. 
is that I don't have to determine what is like my truth or what is right for me because like it's in this book. Um, yeah. And I get to do that. And even just like kind of praying over this chat today and like just praying on my walk home from work today, I was like, wow, Jesus, there is a man named Jesus who is my savior, who, who literally died on a cross for my sins. And I don't think a single sin that I have committed all my life justified that. Like, you know, like that, that is like, it necessitated it. It made it necessary for me to be able to like spend eternity with Jesus. But I'm like, wow, the thing, the things that I just so flippantly decide to do or flippantly decide to adhere to Hmm. or believe that are like not of God that are of the world. Those are the reasons why like Jesus had to die for me. Um, And that's just really humbling. So anyways, yeah. So yeah. Obedience as an act of love. I think that is really cool. It's not this like reluctant, like temper tantrum that we need to be doing, but it's like, God loves me and I love God, which is why I get to to be obedient to him. Mm. You know? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, Emma, at the end of the podcast episode, I'm challenging the listeners to spend time in John 15 this week. Um, and you have encouraged us to get in God's word and just like the beauty of it. Um, if you could say one last word of encouragement to them, um, what would you tell them? Oh, wow. This like actually makes me emotional. Um, like if I could give any encouragement to like anyone listening, it's really that like God wants to know you um that if if your heart is one that is like open enough to getting to know him um you will you will be romanced and wooed by Jesus if you um like allow his word to come into your heart mm. um gosh, like if you're listening and you're like, I don't know, like I'm just listening because like Laura Lee was on Broadway and like, that's really cool. And I don't really know about this Jesus stuff. Like that, that is, I'm so glad you're here. First of all, thanks for listening. But there is, there is like a God who made you in his image, who Mm. loves you and wants to know you. And that is like the most encouraging thing. Um, So yeah. So, so take a chance, take the, what feels like maybe a risk and like, read, read scripture, read his word. He, he will, he will meet you there. Um, that's what I can encourage you. Mm, thank you. Thank you yeah. for that, Emma. Yeah, for thank sure. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. And you guys go check out her podcast, Narrow Way to Broadway. Yeah. Uh, we love you, Emma. I oh, love you. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, Emma, for sharing your heart. I need this reminder every single day to get to wake up and delight in Jesus is what we were created for. When we abide in Him, when we receive His love for us, we are able to live out of a place of being fully loved by God. What a gift it is to walk in relationship with Jesus. Emma and I spent time in John chapter 15 today during the episode. And instead of further teaching through this passage at the end of today's episode, I'm going to give you a challenge. I love a good challenge. And I'm going to walk you through a Bible study method that I find helpful to use. And then I'll close us out by answering a few of your questions. On my Instagram this past week, I asked you all who follow me to ask me some questions, and I promised to choose a couple to answer at the end of the next podcast episode. So stick around and I'll be answering them at the end today. If you listen regularly, you know that I always spend the end of the episode opening God's Word with you and teaching through a passage of Scripture. I don't share because I'm an expert on the Bible or because I know all the things or think I know all the things, because I most definitely do not. I am learning and growing right along with you. I just believe that God has given us His Word to get to know Him to know his character, to know about how to live lives that are holy and pleasing to him, and to learn about the history of the people of God. We get to say yes to being a part of the most epic story ever. It's pretty amazing that we have all this in a book that was divinely inspired and miraculously preserved over thousands of years 
so that we could have it, read it, learn it, and forever be changed by it. If you can't tell, I love God's Word because I have experienced how it has changed my life and how knowing God and being loved by Him has changed my life. So I can't help but share it with you. The Word of God is the most powerful tool we have. I pray that the testimonies of the guests I have on the podcast and the conversations we have point you to our glorious Savior, Jesus Christ, and spur you on as you hear about the goodness and love of God through their stories. So in hopes that this will help you in your own journey studying the Bible, I want to spend a few minutes breaking down the Bible study method I have found really helpful in gaining an understanding of Scripture. I know I have learned this method several times in my life, but... It wasn't until this past year that I started applying it to studying my Bible and I realized how much depth and understanding comes from really taking time and being patient as we learn about God. Patience and stillness in Bible study can be challenging, but when we take the time and ask God to help us, the fruit is endless. So I try to remember to start my Bible study in prayer and then follow by walking through the steps observation, interpretation, and application. I want to encourage you to take this passage, John 15, and to use this method as you camp out in the scriptures this week. I believe that as you sit with this passage, study the scriptures, and seek the Lord, the words will come alive as the Holy Spirit brings to light the glory of our God through His Word. So I just want to encourage you to begin by starting with prayer. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour to read God's Word, starting with prayer allows you to center your heart and your mind onto the Lord, surrendering your time and His Word to Him. It can be something as simple as, Lord, I want to learn more about you and your love for me. I come to your Word today desiring to learn, so Lord, reveal to me what you would have me learn. Show me how to take what I learn and live in light of the truth. Then move on to observing the words in the text. In this step, we ask ourselves the question, what does it say? The Bible was written by a specific group of people at a specific time, so its message is most accurately interpreted and applied when read in light of the context. To observe, we can ask these questions. What's happening? When is it happening? Where is it happening? Who is the author and who is he writing to? Once you know the basics of what's going on, observe the patterns you notice in the text. What words are repeated? What analogies are given? How do they add to the emphasis and the stress of specific words or phrases? This is, I mean, just a start to the beautiful archeological work of camping out in a passage of scripture. Once you have a good grasp on the words at hand, we can move on to interpretation. In observation, we learn about what the text is saying, and then in interpretation, we begin to understand the meaning of the text. The Holy Spirit helps us interpret the meaning of Scripture. We want to approach interpreting what it means with humility, asking the Spirit to guide us into truth and to reveal what the meaning of the text is. As you ask yourself the question, what does this mean? We want to always take into account the historical context of the passage and what that would mean for the people the author is writing to. As we interpret, we want to use the Bible as our resource to illuminate, inform, and bring further understanding. You can do this by finding other scriptures that help you understand what that passage means. You can do this by looking at cross-references if your Bible has them. I love doing that. The commentary if you're reading a study Bible, or most Bibles have a concordance in the back that will help direct you to different scriptures that help you understand and interpret the passage. And then we're ready to move on to the step of application. Application is where we take the meaning and apply it to our lives. It's where what we learn becomes action. It's answering the question, what does this teach me about who God is? And in light of that new information, how am I going to respond? As it says in James 1.22, we want to be doers of the word, not just hearers. We become more like Jesus as we take what we learn and we live it out. So with all of that being said, I want to encourage you to take just this one small passage, the words of Jesus in John 15, choose a time and a place each morning to go and be with Jesus, to read the words, to camp out with them, as I like to say, to abide with Jesus, to just sit there with him 
The goal is not for this to be some perfect put-together study session. And if you miss a day, there's a new day tomorrow. Praise God. Jesus is always with you. He will never leave you. He just wants to spend time with you. So open up the Bible to John 15. Talk to God. Read the words of Scripture. Let them wash over you and receive all that the Lord has for you. What a gift it is to get to know the creator of the world, to learn about our unbelievably loving God. I am praying that it's a sweet time in the word this week and that it doesn't just stay in your study time, but that you remember that Jesus loves you and wants to be with you all day, every day. Just stay with him. As promised, I'm going to end today's episode by answering a few of your questions. The first question I'm going to answer is, how has your relationship with Jesus impacted your musical theater career? I think this is a really beautifully worded question, and it makes me a little teary just thinking about answering it because I truly cannot imagine this career path without Jesus. It makes me think of the verse in John 15, verse 5, where it says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. This career, acting in musical theater, is definitely not for the faint at heart. There's a lot of uncertainty. You're constantly putting yourself out there in a very personal way. There's a lot of rejection, a lot of hearing the word no, and it's really challenging. As Emma and I talked about today, there's a lot of waiting and having to trust God for the next step or the next job. To sum it up, Jesus is my first love, and so I can rest knowing my identity is in Him, not in my career. I can create from a place of knowing that my identity is in Him, that He created me to create. Jesus has impacted this journey for me by giving me a peace that surpasses all understanding when things are overwhelming and confusing. In all of my insecurities and moments of feeling like an imposter and inadequate, He has become my confidence. When I feel the weight of the pressure, I know that Jesus wants to carry it for me, and so I can lean on Him. During seasons of obscurity and having to work behind the scenes and keep pursuing my craft, I get to trust that Jesus has a plan for my life and career. All I have to do is seek Him, and He will show me where to go. It's a journey to believing that my worth and identity is in Jesus alone, not one that I've mastered. But I know that I don't have to be a slave to people's opinions and the approval of people, that I'm only accountable before God. As it says in Galatians 1.10, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God, or am I trying to please people? If I were trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. I could say a lot more about how Jesus has impacted my career in musical theater. I'm just at the beginning, so I know he's going to teach me a lot more, but just having him with me throughout this journey is the sweetest gift. And then the next question I'm going to answer is the question, how has it been in this time of waiting? And this is a really good question. Waiting is hard. Just like what we talked about today, that abiding, remaining, and resting is challenging for us as human beings. We want to do more and control things. I'm guilty of this. If I could use one word to describe the waiting, over the past year, it would be that it's been intimate with Jesus. It's been a year of a lot of stripping away. I lost my dream Broadway job. I had to pack up my life and move back home to Arkansas. I said goodbye to my community here and left, not knowing at all what the future would hold for this city, my career, or where to go next. I'm sure a lot of you have similar stories. All of that has been tough. Something that I keep thinking about, though, is when Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There have been a lot of tears, lots of crying out to God, but it's in that place where I see my need. When I come face to face with how much I need Jesus, his friendship, his forgiveness, his love, his mercy, his grace, I can't help but praise him for bringing me back to himself. He continues to meet me right where I'm at and give me his strength and peace. In this season of waiting, 
I've also had the sweet privilege of creating this podcast in the honor of leading the girls in our Bible study community, now called Rise Collective Women. And though it sometimes feels like so much was stripped away, I look back and I see all that God has done in my life and in the lives of the people around me, and I praise Him. In this season of waiting, I also got to spend a lot of time with my family, more than I ever thought I would, and it was such a sweet gift that I will treasure forever. Well, thanks for your questions, friends, and thank you for listening to today's episode. It's an honor and a joy to get to come on this podcast mic every week and to bring you some encouragement through the stories of artists and creatives who love Jesus and to talk about the Word of God. You are loved, you are treasured, and I hope you have a blessed week. As always, go in light and love, and I will talk to you next week.